weeks ago because I'm a Washington Commanders fan. But church, football season is still here and it's still somewhat of life. And for those of you that have always wanted to go to a football game and never have had the opportunity to, uh, we want to let you know, in case you don't know, Under His Construction is holding an awesome raffle. Uh, I want you to get with uh, Under His Construction directors, uh, Pastor Chris and Sister Sonia Cleveland. They're your, your co-directors of you, uh, Under His Construction. I want you to get with them and get all the details as far as what the cost is and what that looks like when the drawing is. Because they're drawing for one game. Is it in Denver, right? It's in Vegas. It's in Las Vegas. It's in okay. Then it is in Las Vegas, and the drawing, I'm just told, is tomorrow. This just in. It's tomorrow, and so if you want to be a part of that and you want maybe a chance to grab some tickets to go see the Las Vegas Raiders against the Denver Broncos, it would be an awesome opportunity for you to take a part of that. So if you want more information on that, please get with uh, Brother Chris and Sister Sonia from under his construction, and they'll give you all of the details that you need. Uh, I don't know if they have a table out there. I don't know, but I'll guarantee you, you will find him out there. Okay? So church... Always stay on top of what's going on. Don't forget, Sisterhood is coming up this weekend. Right. Sisterhood is a potluck-style gathering yeah. of the women of the church. Church, I, we could go on and on of what we've got going on, but please stay on top of what's going on by downloading what again? I'm out of words, so all I can say is the app. There's no way. I'm out of There's I, no way. <laughs> like, I've reached my limit for the day. He's like, Roxy, no more words from you. You've already talked too much. So just download the app, click uh. the heart, give. Because giving is what makes all of the programs that we have here at New Beginnings Church that make it possible for you to have right now media, for you to have Christian education classes, and for us to reach out to the lost and dying world. That's what makes it happen. So I encourage you to give. um, And uh, thank you, church, for your faithful giving. And if you don't know how to do that, church, maybe you've never done that before. Honestly, maybe you said, this year I want to extend myself and stretch myself and really challenge myself to do what the Lord is really calling me to do. Hey, there's easy ways to do it. You can do it by downloading the app. Uh, you can do it via text messaging. The ways to give electronically are behind me uh, or in front of you at the, on screen at home. Or you can always fill out an envelope, put your cash uh, tithe or, and or offering in one of the tithing boxes that you'll find at the entryways into the sanctuary. Amen, church? You, we church. love you. Thank you so much. Happy, New, Happy year. New Year. Now we welcome Pastor Richard Mansfield. Praise the Lord. Yeah, and uh, just to let you know, some of you were asking me about the Christ's birthday offering. You didn't know if you, it was still available to give. Yes, you can. Uh, there's some envelopes, like green envelopes for Christ's birthday offering. Or you could also go to the app, and uh, you could give that way online and just drop down. Uh, it, it'll say either tithing, building fund, or Christ's birthday offering, and you could give there. The tickets for the football game. It's an amazing, amazing deal. Whoever's going to win this is going to be really blessed. For $50, that is $50 a ticket, you're, you're trying to get two airline tickets. It comes with two airline tickets from here to Las Vegas and back. It's two tickets to the Oakland Raiders and Denver Broncos football game. And then, what did I say? Oakland? Oh, that's obviously not my team. Okay, uh, it's, it's Raider Nation game, all right? The Las Vegas Raiders are going to be playing the Denver Broncos, and you get two tickets to that, 
And then you also get two tickets for a hotel room. Okay, so it's a phenomenal deal. It's probably about a $1,000, $1,200 package for 50 bucks, And it's to really fund the ministry of under his construction to just add to that. So it's really, really going to be uh, an amazing time. So, uh, And even if that's not your team's, if you've never gone to a professional football game, it really is a cool experience. And uh, you might want to, you know, check that out. Guys, I have been doing this sermon series called Deepening Your Walk. And as we begin this new year, I want to help us try to really focus on doing things the right way. Because we've been looking at the life of Abram and Sarai before they really finally got hold of the promise of Jesus, of God. And where God finally said, okay, from this day forward, your name's Abraham. From this day forward, your name's Sarah. But prior to that, they were doing a lot of dumb things. I'm glad that none of us have ever done anything dumb, okay? What I want to talk about tonight is when we take matters into our own hands. I'm sure no one here has ever taken matters into your own hands, right? But we know people that have, and they're in a mess right now, right? And we, we even look at them and we go, I told you, I told you so. But they're looking at us going, ¿Y tú qué? what about you, you know? And, and what's really interesting is that we've got to really look at the life of Abram and Sarai because they did a lot of things right, and they did a lot of things wrong. And they did some dumb, dumb things where they just messed things up. And I was thinking about their life, and, and in Genesis chapter 16, we're going to read the 16 verses there. It says, Now Sarai, Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai and Abram, she said to Abram, he came up with this brilliant idea. Look at her idea. The Lord has prevented me from having children. Now, what was the promise? Abraham, I'm going to give you what? Children. So many children, you can't even count them. Like the stars in the sky and the what? Sand in the sea. Or the sand of the, of the, of the, of the ocean and, and of the desert. It's like you're not going to be able to count them. So God has already given them a promise. But the Lord has prevented me from having children. So go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. What kind of stupid man is he? Hey, hon, I, I can't seem to get pregnant, and I, I can't seem to help you fulfill the promise. So uh, uh, this is my servant, Hagar. He's my right arm. And uh, I was thinking, why don't you go ahead and have sex with her, and then maybe she could give you the baby that, that you're supposed to have. Okay. Okie dokie, that sounds good to me, you 
stupid, stupid, stupid man. How many stupid, stupid, stupid men are in the house that have done something that dumb before? I know I have. I may not go sleep with another woman, but just dumb things. And ladies, don't act like we're all the only dumb ones. She's the one that came up with the idea. We're just idiots. We're just doing dumb things. So Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian servant, and gave her to Abram as his wife. This happened 10 years after Abram had settled in the land of Canaan. So they've been waiting 10 years. They've been trying to have children for 10 years. Nothing's happened. Verse 4, so Abram had sexual relations with Hagar, and she became pregnant. And then Hagar, but when Hagar knew she was pregnant, she became, began to treat her mistress, Sarai, her boss, in other words, with contempt. And was like, you can't even have a kid, and I can. And I'm just your helper. I'm your administrative assistant. Man, I got it going, baby. Oh, my gosh. Ladies, you know how you would feel. You'd want to wring her up by the neck and say, oh, yeah? Verse 5. Then Sarai said to Abram, this is all your fault. You're the one that came up with the idea, you dummy. This is all your fault. I put my servant in your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. And the Lord will show who's wrong. You or me? And Abram replied, look, these are your servants, so deal with her as you see fit. Lord, you're the one that came up with this bright idea, Sarai. So do what you got to do. You got to throw blows? Go ahead. Do, do what you got to do. That's what he's telling her. Do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. Look, she's your servant, <clears throat> so deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. Man, he treated her bad. She finally said, I'm out of here. I don't care if I'm having a kid for you. I'm the surrogate mother. I'm out of here. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road of Shur. And the angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where are you? Uh, where have you come from, and where are you going? Well, I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, he replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress, calm down, calm down. Now go back, return to your mistress, and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, and you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son, and you will name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. And this son of yours will be a wild man, untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone, and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open 
hostility against all his relatives. Therefore, Hagar used another name to refer to the Lord who had spoken to her. And she said, you're the God who sees me. And she also said, have I truly seen the one who sees me? So that well was named Fair Elanroy, which means well of the living one who sees me. It can still be found between Kadesh and Barith. So Hagar gave Abram a son, and Abram named him Ishmael. And Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael. God, help us really to see and understand how we can really mess things up when we take matters into our own hands. God, help us to relinquish power over to you that we would not fight you for it anymore and we would take second seat to you forevermore. Pray in Christ's name, amen. Now look, the first thing we have to see in the story is that God is concerned about our destiny as well as our journey. He really knows where we're going and he knows how we're going to get there and he wants you to know that he's really concerned about your destiny, but he also is very well aware of the journey, and he wants you to be aware of the journey, and he wants you to experience the journey, and he wants you to see the journey. Now, we're coming into a brand new year, and if you've always done what you always, if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll always get what you always got. You've got to make some changes, but no one likes change. The only one that ever likes change is a baby. When that baby's screaming and crying and then you change him, it's like, oh, thank you. I was all wet and yucky and, man, I feel great. Thank you for changing me. But otherwise, people don't like change. Change isn't comfortable. Change isn't welcoming. Change isn't something that we embrace and look forward to. One says, okay, we're going to make some changes. It's like, oh, man, not my area. Please, not my area. And they go, we're going to start right over here. Oh, man, really? We, we don't like change. But we've, God wants us to know that he's concerned about our destiny, but he also is very well concerned about the journey, how we get there, that we not mess up. Sarai and Abram have messed up. They've been trying for 10 years to have a kid, and they have not been able to have a kid. And now they're saying, you know what? I better help God out because God needs my help because God can't pull it off. Thank God no one here has ever thought like that. But we do. We do dumb things to think that we have to help God out because God's lagging behind. We're saying, God, when are you going to kick it in gear here? When are you going to get it done, God? I've been praying, pray, 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 pray. Pastor says, pray, 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 pray. Ah, oh, shut up. I've been praying, pray, 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 pray. I've been praying. But see, God had a perfect plan. He wanted everyone to know this is my child. This is a child that I have sanctioned. This is a child that I have blessed. 
This is a child that I have chosen. This is a child that I've set apart. This is a child of the holy nation that I'm building, a nation that I'm going to show the whole world who I am and how I function so that they will be the chosen people, so that when people see the Jewish people, they're going to go, wow, they have an amazing God. That God takes care of them. That God meets their every need. That God watches out for them. That God really takes care of his people. They're 86 years old. I don't know, Abram. We don't have any blue pills around here. and <laughs> You're old. I, I don't know what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm, I'm just going to give you my maid. She's from Egypt, and she really is a good helper. And maybe you guys could come up with a kid. That sounds like a good idea. Oh, shut up. Oh, my gosh. Abram can't wait. God said, I'm going to give you a child. Not through a surrogate woman. I'm going to give you a child. So here, at 86, he has a kid. 13 years later, at 99, God says, hey, Abram. Well, he changes his name. He changes his name. Don't read the chapter now, but start reading verse seven, chapter 17 and 18, and you'll see. He goes, your, your name's going to be Abraham now because you're going to have a vast amount of children. I'm, and, and, and he's 99 years old, and he says, okay, Abraham, it's time. If you read in the book of Hebrews, I love the book of Hebrews in chapter 11 because it says it came from a man who was as, as good as dead as that. And a woman who was barren and could not conceive. This guy's 100 years old. It's like, not, do you have a headache, hun? No, do you have a pulse? Are you alive? And her, she was, as, she was barren. She couldn't have kids. Some of you have, have gone barren on us. Your heart doesn't conceive anymore. You don't know how to dream anymore. You don't let God impregnate your heart anymore with vision and, and believe for supernatural things. Everyone knew he was as good as dead as that. And she's 99 years old, and, and he's already older now, and they're pregnant. So guess what everyone's saying? Wow. Can you see what God can do from a man that's good as dead and a woman that can't have kids? Can you imagine seeing a 90-plus-year-old woman walking around pregnant? That would trip me out. I think it would trip you out, too. You would probably think, maybe she's got a tumor. She might think, maybe I'm just swallowed too many, you know, watermelon seeds and one's growing in my stomach. That'd be a trip, guys. But everyone's saying, Orale, Abraham. <laughs> you still had it, baby. 
I'm as good as dead. It was the Lord. She can't even have kids. And here she's pregnant. God did this. This is the promised child he gave us. And here we are like a bunch of idiots. Not thinking that God is concerned about our destiny nor our journey. You remember when they were going to cross into the land of the promised land? And the night before, this is in Joshua chapter 3. Read it later tonight. It's chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. You can read on and on, but look. There's early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Asiya Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River. And there they camped before crossing. I love that. They camped before crossing. When you're going to do something supernaturally big for God, quit sticking your hands in it or we decide, here, hon, take, take Hagar. She's a good servant of mine. Go ahead and lay with her. Have sex with her, and hopefully she could give you a kid. And she'll be my proxy. She'll be the surrogate mother of our child. Oh, my gosh. God didn't ask you or tell you to do that. How many times do we do things that God didn't tell us to do? Just because to us it makes sense. But we're supposed to trust and obey and believe that God is going to do the supernatural. But we're too busy sticking our foot in it. He says, they camp there before crossing. When you're going to embark upon something really big, you need to take some time to camp out with God. You need to take some time to be with God, you alone. Take, go in a tent, close up that door behind you, and say, God, I'm not leaving here till I hear you. I'm not leaving here till I know that you are the one leading and guiding, and you're the one taking me where you want me to go. And it says, three days later, so they camped out for three days. We're in Joshua chapter 3. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp giving these instructions to the people. Now they're saying, hey, listen up. We just camped out with God. Now listen to me, people, because we always want to help God out. We want to do something on our own. We want to pitch in a little bit of idea and a little bit of us, and God doesn't want a little bit of us in it. He wants all of him and none of us. Amen? He says, keep your grubby hands out of it. I have a plan for you. So let me be in charge. He says, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, your God, move from your positions and follow them. The Ark of the Covenant had the Ten Tablets, I mean the, the Ten Commandments, the tablet of the Ten Commandments in it. And it had the rod of Moses in it. And they're carrying it. And they go, when you see him move, man, you guys follow behind. And you follow behind. And I love this verse right after. 
since follow and move out from the positions you uh, and follow them since you have never traveled this way before. We're going into territory we don't know about, people. This is 2024. Do you understand that? 2023 is over. 1999 is over. 2014 is over. Some of you are going to go to your 2014 high school reunion. And you're going to try to relive it. Orale, you remember I was a star football player, man? You remember? I was a cheerleader. Oh, yeah. And I was in the band. And you're going to try to relive it. You can't go back. This is 2024. But you know what? God has amazing things for us. So buckle up, baby, because here comes. You better hold on for the ride. Because we're going for more in 24. We're going to believe that God has supernatural things for us. And we've never traveled this way before. So we better get it together. We better know what we're doing. We better understand what's happening. Because I'm telling you, God is calling us in the territory that we've never traveled before. We have never tread upon before. And we're going to go and get it. If you want it, here it is. Come and get it. That's right, baby. We're going to go. James chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, to let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. So God is going to raise us up. And he's concerned about our destiny as well as our journey. So here we go, baby. God bless us. Because he is leading us. And where he leads us, we will go. Amen? Second thing we need to see in this story is that taking the easy way out is never easy or the way out. Here, Abram. Here's Hagar. Take my trusted servant. Take her as your wife. Have sex with her, and hopefully she'll get pregnant, and it'll be like if you're making love to me, and and that's my kid. That's not the way it turned out at all. Have you ever tried to stick your hand in the middle of God's plan? Have you ever noticed that all you did was mess it up more than what it ever was? Did you ever notice how you really botched it up? how you stuck your spoon in there and stirred things up in a manner that it never settled right again. And you're like, man, I don't know what happened. And God going, well, you pushed me out of the way. You said you had it all together. You had it all together. Yeah, you were, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Proverbs 19, verse 2 says, Enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. I always say zeal without wisdom is deadly. You're all fired up, all, yeah, let's do it. And you don't even have prayer time. You don't have any wisdom. And you go out 
and you make a disaster out of it. In the book of Proverbs, chapter 21, verse 5, it says, good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. If you're greedy, you end up needy. Think about it. It's a mess. And bring you to the third thing that we need to look at. I know I've said this over and over and over, but I wish we would really listen and do it. That when you're in a hole, quit digging. Put the shovel down and quit digging. Haven't you ever seen people that are in a mess and they just keep making it worse? And you're going, dude, stop. No, no, no. I'm almost there. I'm almost at China. I'm almost at China. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness gracious. Stop digging, please. And they make a mess out of everything and everyone. I'm so glad none of us have ever done that. But I've heard about people that have done that before. Like, yeah, right. We've just done dumb things, haven't we? Dumb things. Then how many times have you done something really dumb and then you even tell yourself? No one has to tell you. You go, ugh, I even knew this wasn't going to work. Well, why'd you do it? You knew it wasn't going to work. Oh, I thought I'd try anyway. Proverbs 28, verse 13. People who conceal their sins will not prosper. But if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. So in other words, we need to say, I blew it. I messed up. I messed up. I just messed up. Like, man, I don't know what's wrong with me. I, I, I don't know I, what got into me. It's like, you're lying. No, 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 I'm not lying. I promise I'm not lying. You're lying. It's written all over your face. No, no, no. No, I'm not lying. I'm not lying. And then it comes out to be a big old lie. Well, it, well, it wasn't like a lie lie. It's just that some things changed halfway through, and, well, that's, you've you got to understand. Yeah, we understand. You were lying. That's what we understand. You were lying. Why can't we just own it? I know I've run from things in the past. All it made it was worse. People are forgiving. But people hate liars. Like we know you're lying, quit lying. We know that's really not what happened. Many years ago, there was a president named Bill Clinton. I did not have sexual relationships with that woman. Ah, que tonto. Are you with me? We're just dumb. I'm just naming him. I mean, we could keep pulling... Put every president in the hat, every name, and pull it out. Every one of them has done something really dumb. Everyone. Like, what's wrong? And it's not just politicians. Pastors have done really dumb things. 
Not just pastors, parishioners have too. That's right, you all are parishioners. In other words, every one of us have really done something dumb in our life. And what's sad is some of us have done it more than once. And some of us are even proud about it. Dude, you should have seen what I did, man. You should have seen it was all crazy, man. It was messed up, man. It was, nobody even saw anything. You're busted. Wow. I was set up, man. I was set up. That's what Sarah said. Abraham, it's all your fault. She's the one that came up with the idea. She blamed it on him. We always blame it on somebody else. When you're in a hole, quit digging. Stop it. Don't do it anymore. What about, you've got to understand that God not only forgives our messes, but he redeems us as well. Like, Hagar, she was ordered, hey, you got to sleep with my husband. Now, that was an order. But how she acted afterwards, that was on her own. She was acting contempt. She was going around Sarai. Oh, hey, Miss Sarai, my boss, who can't have children, who I had to get knocked up for you, who I had to sleep with your husband for you because you can't even produce like I do. Oh, yeah, I had the moves. You don't know the moves. Can you hear her? That arrogance in her. She was contempt. She was rubbing it in her face. And Sarah finally said, I can't take it. Oh, my gosh, this is all your fault, stupid Abraham. Why did you say yes? Okay, I'll lay down with her. I'll have sex with her. I'll knock her up. And now you're all proud of it? I wasn't shooting blanks. I am a man. It was you the whole time. I could produce a baby. You couldn't. See, can you see the tension? Can you see the stress? There's a lot of stuff going on. You got to read in there. There's a lot of tension and anger and hostility. But God forgives. God forgives Hagar acting all, oh, toddy toddy. Oh, yeah, I got pregnant. You couldn't. God forgives. God forgives Sarai. All mad. Uh, gave you my husband. I didn't think you were going to act like this. I didn't think you were going to enjoy it. I thought you were just going to get knocked up and have a kid for us. I didn't think you were going to get all mushy mushy into this and oh, my stupid husband. He enjoyed it too, and now he walks around like a proud rooster because he's going to be a dad, and it's not even my kid. It's yours and his. Oh, you see, God forgives. God forgives. In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. He, he cleanses us. He forgives us. He makes us new. He, he has a way of taking our mess and, and putting things back together. He redeems us. In, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, 
It says, for we know that all things work together for good to those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. In other words, you messed it up, but God has a way of turning it around. You botched it up, but God has a way of correcting it. You stuck your foot way down into the muck. And God has a way of pulling your leg out and doesn't leave the boot behind. You ever got your foot stuck in mud that was so deep that when you pulled your foot out, the boot stayed down there? They were good boots, so you fought and you were down there and you finally pulled the boot out and the boot's all trashed and you're like, man, I don't know if there's any hope. But you get the water, the cleansing water. Jesus is the cleansing water. He's the living water. And man, he just makes it whiter than snow. And he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. We got to get it together, guys. We stick our hand where we have no business sticking it. We decide to help God out. God does not need our help. God wants servants, not interrupters. God wants servants, not advisors. God wants servants, not control freaks that take over and say, God, let me do this because you obviously take way too long. I don't think you know what you're doing anymore, God. This is now the, you know, we're, we're, we're in 2024. God, you're lagging behind time, so I need to step it up, and I need to move it up, and I need to take you to a whole new level. What kind of foolish thinking is this? We are fools. We are fools because we end up taking these things, matters into our own hands. God, forgive us. And then we let our vain imagination go wild. That's why the Bible says, take every vain imagination captive to the obedience of Jesus Christ. Because in our mind, we come to conclusions that aren't even close to the truth. Who are you talking to? Who are you texting? Who is that? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? You got a text on somebody you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, mira, I just got a, a text from Joe Biden. I just got a text from Donald Trump. I got another text from Nikki Haley. I got another text from, from Gavin Newsom. I got all... We get all kinds of garbage text. We get all stressed out. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? I have no clue. My family laughs because I answer every phone call I get, even if it says spam. But I'm going, I like spam. <laughs> Tostadito with green chili. Spam is good, man. So I go, hello. So my family laughs because I give them three seconds. I go, hello, 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 goodbye, and then I hang up. They go, why do you even answer? Because every once in a while I go, hello. Hi, Pastor Mans or Richard Mansfield, this is your doctor's office, and you have an appointment. Oh, thank you. They go, that's why I answer, because sometimes they really are trying to get a hold of me. And when they're not, I give them three seconds and then say, 
like an old song, knock three times on the ceiling if you want me. Knock three times and I'll answer you or I'll hang up. In other words, we choose to listen to God when we want. He's calling us all the time. He's calling us all the time. But we want to put our two cents worth. We want to put, take matters into our own hands, and it ends up disaster. So tonight, I want you to really examine your life. You still have some minutes left, but I want you to really examine your life. And I want you to take a real good look and say, God, I know Pastor read that scripture and says, since we've never gone this way before. Lord, I have a tendency to be that guy or that gal that I kick matters into my own hands. Lord, today I want to put the shovel down. I want to get back on track. I want to do it your way. I want you to lead me. I want you to instruct me. I want you to help me. Because God, I inevitably mess things up. And this is not going to be a year that I'm going to mess up. This is a year that I'm saying, I am all sold in, Lord. This is it, God. I'm tired of saying it and not doing it. I'm tired of reclaiming it and not possessing it. So in the name of Jesus, God, I am stepping out for more in 24. God, I am standing in agreement, and I am claiming every promise. God, and I repent because, God, I have tried to take matters into my own hands and tried to tell you how to do things. And, Lord, I've tried to take the easy way out, and there was nothing easy about it. And, God, you've called me to stop digging, and yet I'm insisting on going and going because I know the way. I know a shortcut. That shortcut ended in disaster. So God, in the name of Jesus, I'm processing everything that I'm looking at. I'm starting with my life. I'm looking at my life right now. And I'm saying, if God be for me, I'm not going to let anything be against me. I'm going to step up and I'm going to step out and I'm going to do it your way. Some of you have never given your life to Jesus and you continue, continue, continue guide your own life right into destruction. And if you want to surrender your life today and say, Lord Jesus, I'm not going to run anymore. I'm surrendering it to you. Raise your hand. Say, Pastor, that's me. Amen. Amen. Who else? How many more? How many more? Praise God. Yeah. Because we just do that. So if you raise your hand, I want you to come right up here and pray with me. I want you to pray with me. We're going to believe great things. We're going to believe great things. Great, great things. 
We're going to believe great, great and mighty things. Don't let anyone convince you that you're making a wrong decision tonight. Because you crossed the threshold. You said, it's all in, man. I'm all in. No more making these foolish decisions anymore. Would all of you pray this prayer with my brothers and sisters? Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins when I take matters in my own hands and I make things worse. I surrender them to you. Forgive me. Show me the way. I want to look up to you and reach up. I want to reach in and give you everything that I'm holding back. And then I'm going to reach out and change the community I live in for your glory. I accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Give it up for the Lord. This is Pastor Chris with under his construction. He's leading you. We got a Bible and some stuff. Follow him because we got some stuff we want to give you to help you grow. Some of you keep an eye on their stuff for them, okay? Now, how about us? What is it that we need to surrender tonight? What is it that we have been wrestling with God about that we have been at it over and over and over? And here we are again. So tonight's your night. A surrender. Say, God, it's only the third day of this year. Lord, I'm going to, I'm all in, all in, all in. So prayer team, make your way up. There's people that are going to pray with you. They're going to stand in agreement. Just tell them, hey, pray for me. Pray for my marriage. Pray for my family. Pray for my kids. Whatever you need prayer for. So make your way up. Would you stand with us? Don't leave yet because, man, we're going to pray a blessing over you. But, man, they're going to lead us in this song of consecration. We are not bowing to any other God but Jesus Christ. Release it over to him right now before you leave tonight. I come out of agreement with the lie that you have left me on my own. Oh, I am not alone. I come out of agreement with the worry and the fear I've come to know. No, they Sing this song as a prayer. I'm not going to do it anymore, Lord, my way. Oh, you're my protector. Sing these songs. Say these words. Yes, we are, Lord. We're in agreement with your word. Everything you're saying. Yes, you are, Lord.
That's right. Your Lord, my protector. Thank you, Lord. Claim him over your life right now. Claim him over your family and over your walk, over your marriage, over everything that you have. Trust God and cry out and say, protector, watch out for me. Lord, in the name of Jesus, right now, I pray for everyone watching online and everyone in this room. God, you know the battle we've been at. You know that last year was really a tough year. Even in its victories, Lord, there was battles that we had to have to get through to get victory. So God, right now, we're having a breakthrough. We are surrendering everything over to you and we're believing that you're going to carry us through. Father, be with our husband or wife. Be with our sons and our daughters. Be with our parents. Be with our loved ones. Be with the people we work with and people we go to school with. Father God, we're believing, Lord God, for deliverance in the name of Jesus. You are our fortress. You are, Father God, our covering, our freedom, our refuge. You're our Jesus, and we love you, Lord. Praise him and give him glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. your blessing say God I know I'm going to get a breakthrough this is my year Lord I'm going for more in 24 this is it God I'm not settling for less I want all of Jesus all he has for me all he has for my family all he has for my business all he has for my home all he has Lord in the name of Jesus Oh, we give him praise. Would you give him praise tonight? And thank him for what he's done. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Father. We love you. Thank you, worship team. Would you get up for this worship team? No darkness, no evil. No time.